Greetings, fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of the Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three broads discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me, as always on this geeky journey, are two of my closest friends, but today it's just me and my bestie, Katie. Katie, what's going on? Hello. How are we, how, how are we feeling? We're okay. We're, the mood is good. The are mood we feeling is good. upside down at all? We are very upside down <laughs> after this season Ooh. of Stranger Things, which we, this is what we're going to talk about today, kids. But yeah, wow. But uh, it's been a while. Uh, life in just random crap. I haven't been able to edit our initial <laughs> Ms. Marvel first two uh, episode reaction, which I will put out. It's going to be like a bonus. And then we're going to do a whole recap episode after the finale so hang tight kids we got thoughts on ms marvel i've been enjoying it i know katie i think you've been enjoying it as well so mm-hmm. a lot of fun stuff to talk about within that show so yeah uh but we'll get that stuff out to you guys i promise but i wanted to talk stranger things because this show has been one that i have thoroughly enjoyed from beginning to end i was a little bit late on stranger things train I you think were. it was straight. I think it was season three. Well, right before season three is when I binged the first two seasons, and I fell in love with it. Now, Katie, were you a day oneer or were you a late to the party as well? No, I was a day one. I was a day one OG watching Stranger Things. Yeah, it's and that's one of those shows that you know it it became such a part of everyone's like cultural it was like a cultural phenomenon you know everybody yeah, was watching it everybody was talking about it um and it did such a great job of tapping into that nostalgia that appeals to us you know there were there were moments of goonies there were moments of ghostbusters there were you know there were lots of um just really good 80s feel good stuff you know <laughs> So that uh, that made it a lot of fun and it made it really easy, I think, for people to get into the show and to really become invested in the story and the characters, Um, you know, and that's that's what has propelled them to now, you know, the the end of the fourth. And then we know that next season, the fifth season will be the end of the story. And yeah it's getting to watch these characters you know grow and grow up literally i mean right before our eyes before our eyes my gosh that yeah they they, there's so many memes online about how they're they're going to be 30 in the last (laughs) season season five but um yeah it's it's been such a fun show to to watch and be a part of and this season we were talking about it before we got on got on record Oh boy, lots happened. A lot, a lot happened. Yeah, I, I was late. Like I said, late to the party. But man, I'm glad I jumped on because it has been such a great show. To just it, it's a it's a throwback, just like you were saying, Katie. It's a throwback to like '80s, like Goonies, to those ET, like that kid centric kind of story that you follow a group of, you know, young, young people, these young, young kids. And now we're watching them grow up. I mean, it's, it's been a heck of a ride. And let me tell you, man, these kids can act. Wow. 
So good. I mean, wow. Like, I, it's one thing to watch them in like season one and obviously they're kids, you know, this is like a lot of theirs probably maybe first big, big breaks, but then to go from there to season four with, I mean, like for an example, Millie, we'll talk about her, but like Millie, my God, give her an award. Sadie Sink, who was a season two character for Max. My God. My God, that girl can act. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, we'll talk about that, you know, probably in a little grave detail. But I mean, wow. Right. I mean, I just I can't get over the acting in this show. Even the other characters, even the other characters. have Yeah, even the adults. I mean, everybody is showing so much. Show much, so much emotion. And then even throughout the series, you know, everybody is so invested. Like, it's a kooky, crazy plot. It's supernatural. Um, it, it's sci-fi, all of that. But everybody is so invested and so taking it seriously. And also the heart and the humor is still coming out. And that all feels really genuine. I mean, Hopper and Elle's relationship feels totally genuine joy as like crazy run around single mom you know and her boys that that relationship feels totally genuine the way the kids are interacting with each other the teenagers the way the teenagers are interacting versus the way that the younger kids are interacting it all works and it all feels super genuine and it's so much fun to watch all of these performers perform and like get get this story out, get the scary moments out, get the sad moments out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and to kind of piggyback, uh-huh, uh, what you're saying, like it's, it's such a, like, if you look at it on paper, as far as like a story, like, okay, these kids learn about this other dimension in this, and they, you know, compare it to like, playing uh D. like it sounds ridiculous like it sounds on, crazy yeah on paper it's like been there done that okay are we remaking the, you know what, are exactly. we, what are we remaking now yeah so like on paper it's like okay like you're just saying been there done that but when you watch the show and how the duffer brothers matt and ross have created this world in like just intricate like put in these different eighties themes, but like made it feel so original. It's insane. It's insane what they have done from season one to season four. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, kind of overall, you know, continue our overall thoughts and we'll jump into the stuff, but what else you got, Katie? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is set in the eighties and, um, I, you know, I can't remember what year are we supposed to be in right now? Are we in 87? We're in 86. 86 okay okay so um i mean we knew it was in the 80s it started uh 83 83 yep yeah yeah and but it's still you know aside from you know the arcade the fact that no one has a cell phone um the fact that the remote control was kind of a new thing on one of the seasons, you know, aside from those little bit, and of course the, the hair and makeup and the the wardrobe and all of that, it still feels modern. Yeah. I mean, like if it still feels like this could be happening today and that is, you know, yes, it's set in the eighties, but I think it is a testament to how this show is going to just continue 
culturally to be something that I think is going to be beloved by like when my kids are older, because this is a show with kids, but it is not for kids. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, especially my this girls, season, especially this yeah, season. especially this season. And my girls are very much, can we watch it? Can we watch it? Can we watch it? I don't know how they have seen it. I don't know how they know about it. But um, they are not going to be watching this until they are in high school, I think. And but that is just going to be, you know, once a lot of younger kids get to that point where they can start watching it, you know, I I feel like we're going to see a surge of popularity for it again and um, people excited and talking about it again as, you know, they're they watch it with their kids or they watch it with their younger siblings or or something like that. It's uh it's definitely going to be a show that is going to stand the test of time, I think. Oh, 100%. I mean, it is, like you're just saying, it's going to be like, and this may be crazy to like compare, but like, it's like a Friends. It's like uh, Seinfeld. It's shows that will last and last and last because a new generation will find it and fall in love with it like like we all did when we watched it for the first time. Similar to like, I mean, any IP, Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, like it will stay in the test of time because a new generations will find it. New generations will fall in love with it and like just love the story that they're telling. Because that's really what's important is the story. The story that they're telling from season one to season four has been amazing. And what they did in this season, connecting it all in many ways was phenomenal. And we'll... We'll, we'll we'll jump into it. So, so this season, uh, you know, previously on Stranger Things season three, we you know we ended basically on uh, we think Hopper's dead, but then we kind of know he's in Russia because of the end credit scene, and then obviously Joyce, and then the Jonathan and Will and L moved to California, and then the rest of the Hawking crew is in Hawking. So we we split off at the end of season three. So we kind of start off with kind of seeing where everybody is now, right? So in this season, we kind of followed four different storylines, which is obviously very poetic because of season four. And then obviously with the four chimes of Vecna, we'll kind of maybe dive into that a little bit later. But we kind of have four different stories that we're following throughout the season. So we're we're kind of going to follow each crew. So I want to start with, I think, two... Two storylines that I really loved, but again, maybe weren't, um, not, I don't want to say not important, but were ones that were kind of straightforward. And they weren't the main. Yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't Supporting. the main, but very good. Like, very, yes. very good. So the first one I think I want to start with is the, the, the Russia crew. So we have Joyce, Murray, Hopper, our new friends, uh, Yuri, and Dimitri. So the Russia crew, again, straight kind of forward kind of storyline with them is that obviously Hopper sends a message to Joyce. Joyce gets Murray and then they head off to Russia to save Hopper, to to get him out of prison. So which is a very, very fun storyline throughout the season. You you go back and forth with how Joyce and Murray are trying to get there. We follow Hopper within the jail, what he's been going through these last like eight to nine months. So it's a very, very, you know, it connects dots, 
showing how, you know, how we're getting everybody kind of back to Hawkins, right? Which is eventually what happens. But we follow these, this storyline in particular. And I really, really loved, you know, kind of towards the end of this run, I think, of, of the Russia crew. I mean, not to say that when we find out about Hopper and what he's been going through isn't really like some emotional stuff because there's some scenes that David Harbour, oh my God, when he's talking about his daughter and all that in the jail with Dimitri, I mean, it's some emotional, emotional stuff. You know, there's a lot of growth with Hopper. And, you know, I think for me, though, the big thing was, you know, eventually when they save Hopper and it's the reunion of Joyce in him. And it's it's one that we all been waiting for. Like we waited nine episodes to get it. We waited seasons for them to acknowledge their feelings for each other. And we got that in the storyline. And it's so fun. Again, so many great moments. Again, when they get into, when they break out of prison and then realize they have to go back into the prison because of what they find in the, in the Russian prison with the Demi dogs and the Demi Gorgon. And then they have a piece of the mind flayer. So they, you know, basically the, the big, the big thing that they have to do is go back into the prison and burn it all down. So the kids have a chance to do what they need to do in Hawking. So really fun adventure. I did. I loved it. I mean, I love the Yuri character it was really interesting. His interactions with Joyce and Murray are great. The new character, Dimitri, who, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, that is uh, the man of many faces, which is very, very cool. Huge fan of him. So a lot of fun. Again, fun adventure. It was simple to the point storyline with, with that crew, but it was a lot of fun. Katie, I'll throw it to you. Kind of fun moments. Anything that pops off with you with this in particular storyline that kind of connected with you on a, on a different level, maybe? I'm glad you mentioned Game of Thrones and the Man of Many Faces because it took me forever to figure out. I was like, who are you? Do I know this man? Jack Why and Hugger, I know his face? <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this storyline was great. And it, it, it served, you know, of course we knew Hopper had to get back in the fray. We knew that Hopper needed to get back with everybody else and get back to, back to Indiana. Um I love, again, this is set in the 80s. It's before, you know, Cold War is still fresh. KGB and Russian spies, if you watched The Americans, which everybody should, it's on FX, it's amazing. Um, there were, there, the KGB and the spies and the, and the you know, the Red Scare, all of that, that was still very real for people and still really going on. Uh, so that he's in Russia, you know, that's like, the worst possible <laughs> in that era, the worst possible place that he could have right. could have been right. taken to. Um, anyway, it yeah, I, I loved like you were saying the we finally got the payoff of Joyce and Hopper in their little kissy face session that was interrupted by the phone call. Very very upset, very sad. <laughs> but it was it and it was so just that moment was so sweet of you know i've i've got i've still got to take you on your date i've been thinking about it a lot i'm gonna get two orders of breadsticks because you dip it in the the olive oil and um i think i've got to get the lasagna and she's like 
you've been thinking about lasagna, not like not me. That was know? such a great conversation. That was oh, so, so great. Good. But oh, it was good. so, you know, he, we see Hopper in a really low place. We see Hopper going through a lot of trauma. That's and, yeah. you know, that, that he's still big goofy hopper and still you know is able to to make jokes and be silly um that was such a good like okay he's back you know that was a that was a moment of him being him being back back to not normal but you know he's back is kind of what what i took from that and yeah adding yuri and dimitri into the mix we didn't see them at the end so we don't know where exactly they are, but we're assuming they're in America now. Yeah, because, you know, interesting, during during that storyline, you know, when they initially get out of the prison, Dimitri and Murray are talking and Murray is telling him, oh, yeah, Indiana, you would, you know, you would do really good there. Like, he's trying right. to tell him that, you know, to come to America. So yeah. I'm with you. I feel like they are with that crew somehow some way we just don't know it yet so i I hope to see them in in season five because i love the characters i love again yuri kind of having a nice little arc right small but like a nice little character arc of you know realizing he he needs to step forward yeah that it's it's more than him yeah he needed to he needed to grow he needed to get back to his his roots of of being heroic right the smuggler that you know that is so brave and heroic like you're saying yeah yeah so that was a really good again the storyline was fun i we love hopper i love david harper he's a daddy 100 percent. we all can confirm that <laughs> and it's just you know his acting is so good and then playing off of winona Ryder, they're just so good together they really are like it's it was the perfect casting for these for those two. Like you can feel like the you, you feel like it's genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like you can I think sometimes in shows, and especially going on for four seasons now, you know, maybe it could get a little tiresome, but it just feels like they really do care for each other. Like in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel it. It's not forced. It feels genuine. I don't know if you feel feel the same way about those two. Oh yeah, for sure. And Winona Ryder, I mean, this is her first, her first anything acting in many, many years. Oh, and, you wow. Know, they, oh, wow. Gosh, yeah. they chased her so hard for this show. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad it was successful and I'm glad that she enjoyed it. She you know? seems like enjoying it, right? Oh, yeah. And she um, she's doing great and and has been from the beginning. But she's the, the chemistry between her and Hopper is wonderful. And even like her and Murray too. She's, you know, she's such, she's such a scatterbrain kind of character, but in this moment, like she's still the mom and is still like taking charge of the situation and like, okay, really like we, come on guys. Like we really need, we really need to get, get things going and we really need to, you know, focus and let's, you know, let's, we've got, we're on a mission. Let's keep going. And, um, yeah, she she has been kind of the, even though she's scatterbrained and and silly, like the voice of reason throughout a lot of this, and um, that's been really nice to to see, kind of her growth in that way too, um, you know, because I feel like she she started the series as like the shouty, scatterbrained, you know, <laughs> like 
Yikes. help me find Yikes. my son. Like it's all it's she's just like had a reason to had a reason to scream and and be, you know, that over the top, but um she's doing it in a way that again is believable for someone who is on a mission, has a goal, has something that needs to get accomplished, has somebody that needs to be found. You know, and she's she's going to do what it takes to get that done. Yeah. And and I love like you. I'm glad you mentioned her and Murray. Really good stuff early on in this kind of storyline where she calls him. He comes over to the house and they kind of figure everything out and all that stuff. Like those two together were really fun. And then you having Hopper and Yuri and Dimitri into the home. It's it was a really good, good, good mix of casting and the characters together it was really good and then obviously we we see them come back we'll, we'll kind of save maybe the finale finale stuff towards the end but yeah it was good moments throughout this storyline which i really enjoyed and i'm glad everybody's back and now we're back in where everybody's together in hawkins which again we'll we'll talk about that in uh, in a little bit so let's go to our next kind of group of crew and we'll go to california we'll go to that cali crew so this is for me the crew of jonathan will mike and argyle obviously l starts in california but we're gonna because she has a kind of a huge storyline i think throughout the series a little bit bigger than the cali crew so we're gonna save her for kind of a, obviously a different uh topic but We'll, we'll start with the Kelly crew of Jonathan, Will, Mike, and Argyle. Um, first of all, Argyle, loved it. Loved the character. Fun character. Very, like, 80s Kelly. I loved it so much. I'm glad they had him because he really kind of broke up the seriousness with his kind of funny, funny attitudes and funny uh, quips. So that's been a really fun, 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 fun storyline with him how he kind of gets involved with this whole situation and Hawkins and everything like that. And then really for me, I think the big thing out of this crew was obviously they, they, they want to go save Elle because she was, uh, you know, in the early in the season, she gets arrested because of hitting a girl at the roller rink. And then, um, Owens, Dr. Owens, who will, again, we'll kind of talk about when L when we talk about L, but he gets involved, he springs, you know, he, Springs her, then brings her to a, a super secret you know, facility. So they go to Susie to try to figure out where that is. And that's kind of their whole kind of storyline uh, until the finale is them trying to get out. So we didn't we didn't spend too much time with them early on in the season. But obviously, these last two episodes were really big with them. So, you know, I for me, the big takeaway was Will. And his kind of uh, character going through, again, a lot of stuff still. You know, he was, you know, from season one, really, he was, you know, the person that got sucked into the Upside Down. And then season two, he gets reinfected by the Mind Flayer. So he's been through a lot of stuff. You know, and the speech he gave to Will when they're in the car about, you know, he's talking about Elle, that, you know, she feels different and everything, but clearly he's talking about himself. and. You know, that scene was really, really well done by Noah by Noah Schnepp, who plays Will Byers. Really powerful stuff. I, I want to get your take, and then obviously your kind of take on the whole, the crew itself. But, like, that scene for me, I read it 
in two different ways after viewing it a few times. Like one, the first viewing, I felt like he was trying to tell Mike that A, like he's different, that maybe he's trying to come out as a possible LGBTQ plus character, which would be great. Um, and then I read it again, first viewing is maybe he's trying to tell Mike that he likes him maybe, but then on a, on concurrent viewings, I feel like he's just, I think just trying to express how he feels as far as a character being different, knowing that he is, you know, an LGBTQ, uh, character and trying to express how that feels to him and trying to tell that to Mike in a certain way. He shows him the drawing that he made. But he kind of gave credit to L for drawing it because I don't know if he really wanted the the attention of that would bring to him if he said that, yeah, he was the one that did it by himself. So it was a really touching, you know, really touching sequence. And then again, you know, his brother Jonathan sees that and kind of realizes what's going on. So kind of your take, again, overall on that crew, the storyline, and then maybe with that, that that's the scene that kind of, stands out to me early on with this with this crew what do you what do you think yeah that was um that was a really that was a really powerful scene i think and it's something that i think fans have been expecting wanting all all of that uh we saw a bit of it last season you know anytime anytime will is talking about mike and Elle's relationship there there is something else there you know, and whether that is jealousy because he does have feelings for Mike or whether that is um, jealousy because he knows he's different and can't be right. like that right. with, right. you know, the, in the same way that Mike and Elle are. Um, it kind of reminds me of of the High Republic and <laughs> Stellan Geos and um, right, no, his, it's yeah, his relationship with, with um, Avar Chris and uh, oh gosh, what's the other guy? The other Jedi. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember. Avar and the other Jedi have a relationship yeah. and Stellan is always like on the outside looking in and there's, it, it, it reminds me of that. Anyway, Star Wars. <laughs> but uh, that, that conversation that they had, there's a lot of different ways that you could interpret it. And I think you hit all of them. Um, and I think they've kind of left it up to the viewer to interpret that. I think it is more of a, I need to express myself. I need to express who I am. And you are my very best friend. And that is why I am telling you this. And I think that that's the way that I read it. Um, you know, but what a power, like what a moment for, for Will to be able to have and, um, you know, an important, something important that, that needed his character, his character needed to say his character has been through a lot, you know, and right. I think, he I think, Will. That, yeah, Will. oh gosh, poor baby Will, but he, him being able to have that moment and, you know, yes, Mike is, is the leader of the party. He's the heart. He's the core. He's the leader. But at the same time, I still have thought and always will think that Will is the heart of the party. I and, agree. Yeah. And the, the core of the party because he is, you know, he's the whole reason for everything having started and developed in the way that it has. He's the whole reason that Eleven, you know, has has come into the into the world and 
yeah, it's it. He's he was the the genesis of everything. I think and so. He's always going to be, I think, at the center of any conflict. Um, you know, and we'll talk about maybe what that means for next season too. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> a little bit oh. later. But oh, yeah, it, ne- yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I I really liked that that Will was able to have that moment with Mike, and then later with Jonathan at the pizza restaurant. Um you know, for, for Jonathan to have recognized the, he kind of read between the lines in that moment, I think, and then was able to, again, address it without, without being specific and just like, Hey, you know, I love you no matter what I'm here for you, no matter what you can always come to me. You can always come talk to me. Um, and that was, that was, great for those two characters and um and just a really powerful powerful growth powerful grown-up things happening to these <laughs> to these high schoolers um yeah it, it was it was really good I, that relationship was was really nice and then of course the development for for will was really nice um but in the pizza restaurant and all things pizza and marijuana related oh my gosh argyle he stole every scene that he was in <laughs> he so did he did oh my gosh he was cracking me like him and yuri were such like good you know they were like the funny man in their <laughs> in their parties the right relief. oh my the relief gosh that we needed at moments yeah yes oh man he definitely was um eduardo franco is uh the name of that actor and yeah. he yes. he nailed it he killed it like every every time he every time he opened his mouth I was laughing, you know what I mean? Like it's just he nailed the 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 surfer stoner vibe, the um the the funny Cali vibe. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed his performance, and again, it was needed. You know, they they were getting shot at. Like this was serious stakes this season, and um having him still be that that funny you know, the, the, the funny comic relief. Yeah. (laughs) My dudes. Brochachos. Brochachos is my favorite. Yeah. That's it. it. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, there was, there was some good, good moments with him and I'm, he's a great addition to, to the party again. So I'm, I'm glad to see, glad to see he made it to Indiana and we'll see what happens next. Yeah. That's going to be fun to see what they do with him in season five like I, he knows he knows everything now i mean he's pretty much caught up like every like anybody so like i hope they kind of give him some fun stuff to do for sure i don't want them not to have him in season five but yeah he's in indiana at the end so let's let's hope that he gets to help too not just you know kind of be the the comic relief but there's a lot of moments you know speaking of argyle that he was the one that kind of like shoved him in the right direction, you know, I mean, the tires that he found in the desert, he knew those were not, you know, the usual, he knew those were military. So he was the one that helped them get to the facility where L was. And then again, him, he had the idea of the pizza dough freezer in for L to use. So like he, he, it wasn't, he wasn't just strictly comic relief for, again, a majority of the time, but he had some really powerful moments as a character, like you're saying, jumping in when needed and knowing the stakes of the situation, you know, and then, you know, when they do go to that other pizza shop and he's talking to like his, his other half, cause I think, I think they credit, I'd had to go back, but I, I saw somebody say they credited the other 
character in the pizza shop as Argyle 2.0. I swear. Like that that's is like, funny. <laughs> I, I'd have to double check, but I think they did, which is really funny. <laughs> that is. That is really, really funny. So yeah, I can, I mean, big moments, you know, for me again, like early on in the season, it was, you know, again, them adjusting to California. Again, L gets picked on. Will's there to see it. Will's there and Mike are there to see what happens at the roller rink. So like all that stuff is, you know, again, gets them to where they need to go. I think when, when the military, the military that's after L shows up at the buyer's house in Cali, that's when I think this story kind of picks up, you know, that's a great scene. Uh, some really good one shots when the military are, you know, uh, invading or going into the buyer's house and they're being protected by those agents. Really good stuff. That's a really good scene. Again, like choreographed and everything like that. Uh, so that was a good, again, moment for me as well. So again, kind of, again, not not huge important as like an overall thing, but again, you got to get from A to B, right? So we had to get them back to Indiana and the storyline was they get L, they bring her, you know, they get her to the pizza place. She's able to do what she does. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, again, I, I hope for me, and I'll, and I'll ask you this too, Katie, I hope that Will and Mike get a little bit more in season five. I think they will. Um, you know, cause I think that I feel like the last two seasons for me, especially with Mike, it, it's been a little bit okay. Like I, I get, you know, the character has kind of, you know, grown a little bit, but I, you know, for me, like first season, second season of Mike and Will were powerful stuff because they were very intricate, right? They were important to the story. You know, Mike was the one that didn't want to give up on finding Will. And he was the one that didn't want to give up on Will when he was possessed by uh, Vecna slash one slash Henry, who we'll talk about later. But, you know, then season three, season four, I kind of feel like they fell off a little bit, but that's okay. Cause again, we've gotten other characters and maybe they just had to put those two aside for a bit, you know? So how do you feel about Mike and Will overall, maybe the past two seasons and then maybe in this season in particular, what do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree with you that they're, you know, the focuses have been elsewhere, right? I mean, we've got 11 this season was, the focus and um you know last season it was it was um it was bill it was billy right last season yeah yeah i get two and three kind of mixed up together but uh yeah it i think i agree with you that the focus hasn't been as much or they maybe haven't seemingly had as much to do um you know, they were the supporting, supporting cast, supporting um, characters, but still very closely tied to all of the main action and all of the main characters. And again, Will is the genesis of this whole story. And I feel really strongly he's going to have a really big role to play next season. So yep. that's, um, I think your wish is going to come true. You might not like what happens. Uh <laughs> I agree with you. I'm I'm very worried about Will, but I'm, I'm worried about I'm him too. You. But you know that oh, that they are telegraphing a sacrifice, and I feel like uh, I feel like it's going to be Will. Yep, I agree. I I'm nervous, but yeah, I mean, and the Duffer brothers have 
since the season has come out, they've been on record, and I can't. I think it was the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast by Joshua. I can't remember his last name, but he does a lot of good stuff. Um, they they said that you know season five, they really are going back to the roots of like season one, and they're you know bringing like the focus will be on like the the core group of of kids. You know, Mike, Will. Lucas, Dustin, L. So that's going to be cool because we are back in Hawkins now. So I'm glad that from their, you know, from their vision that they are going to make it again about them kind of full circling the whole, the whole series. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to do. And we'll talk about that because I'm with you on Will and even Mike. We'll talk, we'll talk uh, towards the end of the show, but yeah, I, I'm very, very nervous for my sweet, sweet boy, Will, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. So, okay, let's, uh, our next crew is, you know, our last two crews are really the big ones. And I want to start with our Hawkins crew because they were the main, the main thing uh, for sure was this crew of Dustin, Lucas, Max, Erica, Robin, Steve, Nancy, and our new character, Eddie Munson, who, uh I'm so sad that he's gone. That Me was such too. A great performance, <laughs> performance by Joseph Quinn. He did such a good job, and I'm I'm sad what they did, but it makes sense. We'll talk. We'll talk about maybe his kind of character uh, in a little bit. But I kind of want to focus on our our main our main the people that we've been with for the past like you know three seasons, Lucas and Max in particular. Man, their story really hit hard this this season, you know, because obviously the past season two, season three, you know, they've they've obviously they've liked each other. They were dating in season three and obviously in this season, they are not dating start, you know, to begin with. And that's obviously a lot because of what Max is going through and the trauma that she cannot get away from of what happened to her her brother stepbrother billy which again we'll we'll talk about this a particular scene uh in a little bit but those two were really strong for me in this season for sure and then again steve my steve harrington <laughs> i love him so much him and Nancy again. I'm I'm team Steve and Nancy. I not not to diss Jonathan, but I feel like those two are way better together for me personally. Um, and I hope they. That's going to be an interesting season five stuff. We'll talk about that. The that kind of trio, uh, that love triangle of Nancy, Jonathan, and and Steve. But again, we get Robin, Maya, uh, Maya um, Hawk. Wow, she's so good too. Again, the 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 combination of these characters together—Dustin, Max, Steve, and Robin—were so good, you know. And then, obviously, eventually throughout the throughout the season, they gather Eddie, they gather Nancy, and they create. And obviously, Erica comes along, who she had a really good season this season too. I'm hoping more. In season five, but I love Lucas's sister, um, Erica. Really, really good. So overall, I think it, this was I think the strongest storyline, the 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 storyline that we were more focused on because of the connections of 
what they knew was going on because of these three random, these seemingly random teenage deaths, which is very Freddy Cougar. Again, I'm not a fan of horror, but very, you're, you're more the horror queen than I am. But I know kind of the references a little bit that it kind of touches on like Nightmare on Elm Street and all that stuff. But, you know, the big storyline is that these three random teenagers die like in these crazy fashions, which, again, that really stepped up the the horror a little bit in this season, showing what Vecna slash Emily slash one does to these characters. It's very gruesome. And again, we'll connect that to L in a little bit storyline. But, you know, just this adventure of them, you know, getting into the upside down, having a plan after they figure out who's involved. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. This is probably the 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 adventure of the season, really. This is the big stuff. And we lose Eddie, which was super sad, you know, but God, such a strong, strong performance. So let's talk about Eddie first. And I want to talk about obviously Max, but. Your thoughts on Eddie? Do you feel like they could have let him live? Like, how did you kind of feel what they did with this character overall? What's your, what's your thoughts? You know, th- this was a big adventure. This was a big um, undertaking that these kids had to do. Like, this was huge. And it took all of them. And I think with that, there had to be some loss. Um I'm sad that it's Eddie, but also who would you rather? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and they kind of set it up too, though. You're right. right? Yeah. They yeah. set it up that way, unfortunately. They, unfortunately, they really, really did. Um, they, they made us love him and then they immediately took him away. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that was, that was difficult to swallow um, because yes, I think that he could have been a great addition to the ensemble and to the to the group uh in the long run but yeah i mean i think that this like this is the first big loss on you know of of someone who has been in the group and in you know yes billy was a big loss and and was also a sacrifice but he was also kind of a foil the entire time whereas eddie was on their team from day one and uh that is, I think, again, this is setting us up. There's going to be a lot of crying next season, I think. <laughs> but uh, it, I loved the way his character developed, though. I mean, there there was no better way for him to go out than as a hero. You know, even though public perception um, was still that he, you know, he was somehow behind everything. Um, the whole satanic panic angle was a very real thing in the, again, yeah, this is really good stuff. Oh man. V- a very real in the eighties. There was, um, a lot of, uh, murders, disappearances. There were a lot of things, you know, of, of parents trying to blame Satanism, trying to blame, um, uh, heavy metal music, all of these things on just the, the, the deterioration of, of families and children and, um, and all of this there it's, it's called the phenomenon is called satanic panic. And it is, uh, very fascinating to read about, about a, a lot of group think and a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, gullibility, which is uh, somehow very relevant today. Um, Crazy <laughs> how that works. Isn't 
it crazy how history just fucking repeats itself? Repeats and repeats. <laughs> madness. Madness, I tell you. Ugh. Humans. When will we learn? Anyway, it uh, it it was it was great to see though that he, you know, sacrificed himself and and got the job done um watching it back the second time i mean it was written all over the dialogue that that this was gonna happen you know and and they even called back later you know steve saying or one of them saying like yeah look at us we don't look like heroes yeah you know? that and, that was uh, eddie himself he's like we're yeah. not heroes. we understand we're, right oh yeah you can you steve you've got the limelight like we're not we're we're not we're not the hero here but um it it was still really sad, uh, especially I mean that that moment that Dustin had with Eddie's uncle at the end there um, in the in the refuge of of I in guess the high, the high school, school. Yeah, yeah at the high school yeah. um that was really hard to take too of of you know hey I know what your nephew did I know who he really was uh like where's the wall for Barb Billy. And Eddie, like, are we gonna see some kind of justice for all? <laughs> Ju- yeah, justice for the lost. <laughs> like, I feel Pretty like much, we need. Right? I feel like we need that for those three characters. Um, yeah, this uh, his again. His story was was really great. Um, I would have loved to have seen him continue on with the group, but I think that we're to the like I said, we're to the point that the stakes are high we know what we're truly 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 up against now we know that henry slash one slash um vecna has been the one behind everything and now we've like that that's it we've got our answer we don't know what we have to do (laughs) but it's uh now the the stakes are as high as they're gonna get i think and um Still sucks. Still sucks to lose sucks. to lose Eddie. Yeah. yeah. It, here's the thing. Like, I feel, I, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe they could have kept him alive for sure. They could have. Like the story, y- you could have, hundred percent. But then I feel like, okay, if he does survive, then he's hiding, literally the rest of his life. Exactly. Unless, unless somehow they prove that he was. That he didn't do it. That Vecna slash Henry slash one was behind all of this. And how were they going to do that? Like there was honestly, unfortunately, when the moment that Chrissy went into this trailer and everything happened in in episode one, and when he ran away, man, that that was it was right there. Like I mean, really, kind of looking, you know, looking back now on on a on a whole view. It was written that there was no other really choice for Eddie, for them to use Eddie. Like it, he had to go out on a on a sacrifice because again he would have been hiding the rest of his life. He would have been known as like a murderer and all that stuff. But now you know again, his true you know his true friend Dustin knows the truth. You know Dustin tells like you said, which is such a great scene between Dustin and the uncle, you know, Dustin telling them, listen, that's not, I wish everybody knew Eddie. I wish they understood that he was not who they say he is. And that, you know, like he said, even throughout everything, Eddie, even though the town hated him, he sacrificed himself to save as, as many people as he could, you know, 
especially Dustin. I mean, that scene, oh my God, between Dustin and Eddie at the end. God, I mean, Gatlin, I believe his name is Gatlin Matarazzo, who plays Dustin Henderson. My God, great acting in that scene. I mean, the pain. That's one thing that these kids, man, you felt it. Like you were there for all of these emotional moments. We'll talk about Max and Sadie Sink in a minute. But that scene was really well done between both Gatton and um, Joseph Quinn. Like, wow. Just great acting. Just great acting all around. And again, like, I, I, I want a Hellfire Club shirt now. I think I'm going to get a Hellfire Club shirt now. I need to do that, too. I don't have any Stranger Things shirts. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I got, we, have to rec- we have to rectify that for sure. So again, I love his arc was really, really good. Sad that he, that they did what they had to do. But again, like we're kind of saying where there was really no other choice, unfortunately, just because of how they written, how they wrote episode one and him seeing all that. I mean, that was, that was writing down the wall. Unfortunately, again, yeah, they could have, they could have had him not die. And maybe he could have went into hiding with Al and all that stuff. I buy that. I mean, I buy that for a dollar, but like, I'm, I don't, I, I feel like his character grew and understood that, you know, running wasn't the way to go that he had, he had to stand up for not himself, but for others, for Chrissy. So I get it. Like I, I get, I get like the, the, the arc. It might not, it might've not hit with people and maybe people aren't happy with it. I totally get it. Totally get it. But you know, we are where we are. And again, that's a great, great performance though. And he will be forever in like the hall of fame for stranger things characters. So, I mean, hats off. Yeah. And I think too, you know, talking about Max and I know we're going to get to her next, but yeah, you kick us off, kick us off. Well, she, okay. So she has experienced out of the group. She is the one who has experienced the most loss right after, after Billy. Now that, Eddie has been lost. The whole group now has more of a connection to the pain of that. And I think now everyone is kind of, again, it's a character development thing. And and I think everybody is on a level playing field as far as knowing the stakes are high, having experienced loss you know now everyone has developed to a point where they know a big fight's coming and they had to get there and you know that's it again it sucks to have lost eddie because i think he would have been a fun he again he was the the argyle and the yuri of the group he came off with the came up with the one-liners he came up with the the goofy stuff and yeah a lot of it was was said in in you know scary moments for for him and and moments of personal peril but it he was still that that light that light comic relief at a little bit that um that was needed you know throughout throughout the series but yeah i cried two times in this season uh and the the second time was when Eddie and uh, Dustin were saying goodbyes. And the first time was when Max was being lifted up in the cemetery. And I mean, when, when I say cried, I mean, fully 
just like no 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 this can't be happening screaming at the tv i can't remember did i text you and was like let me know after you watch episode yes (laughs) yes i was waiting for it and it was late it was late at night and so i didn't text you back immediately that day but oh my gosh uh, i can't remember the last time a a television show has affected me shook shook man in that way like I mean, number one, like, thank you. Thank you for giving the children a reason to discover Kate Bush and her amazing music. Like you, you, you love Alanis Morissette. You love Tori Amos. You love Fiona Apple, whatever. Kate Bush like wrote the book for all of them. Thank you very much. Let's give her. She walked so they could run. (laughs) Yes, right. Let's give her her props and let's, uh, let's get the kids, get the kids listening to more Kate Bush. But, um. Man, that whole sequence of, you know, Max being taken uh, and making her way through the upside down and through the world that Vecna um, slash Henry slash one has created and seeing how they figure out how they can beat him was amazing, Uh, amazing, amazing. And just knowing that helplessness in that moment of you know she starts lifting up and everybody on the ground is like oh my gosh what are we gonna do what are we gonna do no 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 you know and i think the viewer is feeling that same feeling you know and as she starts running i was like run baby (laughs) we were all that way oh my gosh so many emotions but yeah her you know like i was saying earlier she starts in a really low place and it's dark dark place yeah oh i mean between between her and her relationship with lucas because he is very i need to be part of the popular crowd i need to be part of the cool kids i need to you know distance myself from my friends you know of of who who nobody really wants to be associated with. They're the nerds. They're the weirdos. I need to be part of this cool crowd. Eats and that and freaks, means I think is what they said. Yeah. 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 And I, I need to, I need to distance myself from Max too. And I think that, um, you know, be- between that relationship and then between just the, everything that happens after Billy leaves, because not only, you know, B- Billy's dad, like has no reason to stay around anymore. He is up and gone. And they say that. And, you know, that she, she and her mom are now living in the trailer park. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, of repercussions from, from the loss of Billy. And I think that, uh, you know, all of that puts Max in a dark place, of course, makes her open to, to Vecna slash Henry slash one, as we see later. But yeah, her, her performance and her growth throughout the season was, wonderful i mean she was she was my favorite i i I think she was my favorite as far as watching her grow um and watching her story unfold and you know it it, but again we leave her in kind of a tenuous place and it makes me really nervous to to know how she's been affected um by everything that she went through and all of the physical trauma i mean the girl died for a minute you know and and that that's going to be there's going to be some kind of repercussions i think next season for her from that moment as well yeah i I mean first of all sadie sink is the actress that plays max maxine 
and my God, give her an award. Like seriously, this from episode one till nine, man, just an outstanding performance of starting out in such a dark place. Like you're talking about, you know, being at a low point, not even wanting to support her friend and like just isolating herself. And then realizing, though, when she sees the events of Eddie, because, you know, Eddie lives in the same trailer park as she does, literally neighbor, like across the way. So she sees what happens as far as she sees Eddie and Chrissy, you know, enter his trailer. She sees him leave real quick. But then that's why she goes to Dustin, because during that whole thing, the lights flicker and she knows what that means. She's she's been around the park. Long enough to know what's going on and what that could possibly mean for the Upside Down and things like that. So like her entire arc and then her slowly realizing that she's becoming or that she was, you know, a a target for Vecna slash Annalise slash one. Like it was just it was amazing. Like I remember. I remember watching trailers and I remember there was that shot of when we do see her levitate, right? So then episode one happens and you see Chrissy do that. And my immediate thought was, oh crap. Like I remembered that scene in the trailer of Max. I'm like, oh crap. I'm like, she's going to get like tagged and she could like, that was my initial after episode one. I was like, oh, sweet baby Max, you're in trouble, honey. This is not good. And we get it tw- not once, but twice. Obviously, like you're saying, that episode called Dear Billy, it was just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Her acting throughout was so good. And again, that last like 10, 15 minutes of her running and all that, that was just so good. So, so good. So then, you know, again, she Max becomes kind of Max again a little bit and realizes that she knows how to, you know, get Vecna's that Shannon Such One's attention. And she realizes that she has to be the one. Because even Lucas, which I love this little that little scene in the Winnebago of him saying, Listen, you know, two of these victims were a part of the uh, the counselor you were seeing at school, maybe there's another one. And then that's, I mean, that sounded like a decent plan. Like that's kind of logical. Cause even I, as a viewer was like, you know what? He's got a point because, you know, that makes sense. He would go after kids that are in, you know, trouble counseling. We've kind of said kind of, kind of piece, put those pieces together. So when, you know, she's like, no, you know, it has to be me because I'm the only one that knows what's going to happen. I've been through it. We cannot have somebody else go through that and not know the outcome. So that, again, such a huge Max moment. And again, her speech when they're at the Victor Creel's house and, you know, she's talking, trying to get his attention, Vecna slash one of Henry's attention. And she says, you know, she talks about wanting Billy to, to die and that like, she wants to to die as well. Like, God, it's such an emotional stuff. And again, great acting from Sadie. And again, just this whole character development was so good. It was it was a huge bright spot for me with this crew of Hawkins, you know. So again, the, her was great, f- fabulous. And I don't want to forget the other people in this group because again, 
the the stuff between Steve and Nancy was good. I loved it. Like their conversation in the Winnebago about him wanting like six kids and you know he always imagined taking them on like a trip in one of these cars and everything like that was so good. And again, Steve just being Steve, you know, being the babysitter and like how he gets upset about it all the time. Like it's so good. And then him getting a little bit jealous of Dustin and Eddie's relationship, you know, and I, I love that him and Robin are such a great duo together. I love them so, so much, you know, such great chemistry between those two actors, you know, I mean, just good, good stuff. And again, Nancy, you know, God love Nancy. She's just like, Sarah Connoring it through the entire series, especially this season, man. That shot of her with a shotgun at the end was so good. It gave you like <laughs> Terminator vibes. Like it was really, really good. Like their again, growth for everybody within this Hawkins crew was was crucial. And then even like I said, little Erica, good stuff. You know, in the beginning, she you know she joins their D and D club because Lucas has basketball, and you know she wins, and it was a really cool moment. So again, having the this crew together particular was really good because again, it was I feel like there's nobody else that could have done it besides this that besides this, you know, this crew that understood the the stakes, man. They knew what was happening. And you know, the way that Nancy finds out about Vecna Sash Henry Sash One was really cool. You know, and then again it parallels with L's kind of uh storyline, which we'll talk about in a minute. So final thoughts on this crew, Katie, you know, with the rest of them. I mean, just again, the strongest storyline, I think definitely season four, but it had to be. It had to be. Sure, it had to be. I mean, they were the biggest crew. They were the um, they were right there next to the action, you know, and 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 Scooby doing the shit, <laughs> Figure, figuring out, um, figuring out, you know, the 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 story of of Henry slash one slash Vecna and how he connected to everything and um yeah i i, I, I loved mean, real shout out to nancy yeah. and robin together for figuring yes. all that out oh my gosh yeah the two of them and their <laughs> their nancy drew moment they're they're going undercover moment that was really fun too um <laughs> but yeah the this crew again it, it like i was saying it's it sets them up for next season so well because now they've all of them together have now fought two big battles, at least two big battles of a supernatural nature and, you know, have, have come out on top and now, well, semi on top. Now it's, you know, we're, now we're coming up to the, to the climax and now we're coming up to, you know, how are they going to continue to work together in spite of everything else you know, how, how are these love triangles and former relationships and all of this, how are these, you know, going to affect the decisions they're making next season and the, how is it going to affect the the situations that they are going to potentially get themselves in next season? And that is of course what we're all here for. <laughs> what we're, what we're all excited about and, and, and want to know and want to see, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was so it was just so much fun to watch them again, just develop and 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 figure it out and save the day again, <laughs> you know, as they always do, right? Always. I mean, real quick too. I mean, within the storyline, because there there's a lot. There's a lot that happens in Hawkins. Like we kind of touched, like you touched on earlier about the kind of sat uh, satanic epidemic. 
you know, you had this character of Jason, who's like the captain of the basketball team and like the high school kind of, you know, rah, rah, rah guy. Like I called him like speech guy the entire season because he had just speeches every, (laughs) every, like every time he talked, it was like a speech, a speech in front of the, the town, in front of his fellow students at the pep rally. Like it was just like speech after speech after speech, but he, but the, the actor did such a good job kind of knowing the assignment and understanding that this is who his character was. This is kind of how it was in the eighties. Like you were touching on earlier, Katie. So like, again, that, that small storyline weaved in within the Hawkins crew was really fun because again, it kind of put, you know, Lucas in a weird predicament in the very beginning of like, you were saying you wanted to be popular and this was the way to do it. But then obviously slowly realizing that they weren't the people that he thought, and that, like he says to Jason at the, you know, in in the last episode, like you're just a raging psychopath, like. And it it just again full circle with that character. I mean, oof his his death, my god, when you know the opening happens and he's just literally cut in half, like, oof, that was that was crazy stuff. But again, that that was again a very interesting storyline to put in with the Hawkins crew, because like. You know, Dustin said to to Lucas when Lucas finally tells him, like, hey, these guys are looking for you because they're trying to find Eddie and they know you know where Eddie is. You know, Dustin's like, okay, cool, but we have way bigger fish to fry right now because of what's going on with Max. And then them knowing what stakes were involved because of what was happening. So, again, very interesting little storyline, but I, I, I dug it. Real quick, what do you think? I mean... It was interesting. Like you're saying, it fit the 80s. It definitely fit the 80s, you know? Certainly. Yeah. Jason was serving very Troy from the Goonies vibes. Yes. The, oh, good call. Good call. Uh, I mean, like, copy paste his character, you know? Too cool, too cool dude, star of the sports team, um, you know, had the girl. Uh, yeah. It, but the way that he, again, the satanic panic and the the group think and the way he was able to just rip everybody up into a frenzy i mean the man the man has a future in politics is a speech right he had it right? he, he did he did have a future in like yeah. you know yeah. being a church leader or something for sure Some, yeah proud boys um <laughs> something i don't blame you right, i'm with you i'm with you um yeah, it, it. But again, you know, watching the way that that uh, that the whole town kind of got behind that that narrative that they created for for this whole situation, uh, you know, again, scary, scary stuff. Um, relatable now, unfortunately. Relatable. <laughs> totally relatable. Very relatable. But uh, yeah, I mean the the. And again, Lucas realizing that, okay, y'all are the crazy ones, not my D&D playing Cheeto munching friends that I love very much. Um, That is, that was a big moment, I think, for Lucas. And then, uh, you know, for for, for the rest of the town, too, I think there is, there's some growth that's going to need to happen in Hawkins uh, for, for things to for things to succeed next season, you know, for, for everybody to really be able to come together and, um, and, and get done whatever is going to need to get done to, to combat 
the ultimate evil. <laughs> yeah, I. That's going to be really interesting. I'm glad that's an interesting point that you made. That I mean, obviously, it's going to take our crew to 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 defeat you know Henry such Vecna such one, but it really is going to take maybe the town too, like to to realize that it isn't what they think it is, and that it's a bigger thing that that's going on. So. Yeah, I, uh, this Hawking's crew was, again, powerful stuff as far as the strongest story because of where the focus was, you know, which lead into, obviously, I think Elle's story connect, you know, obviously ties into this because of, you know, Henry slash Vecna slash one. So Elle's journey this season was really, really, really good. I mean, again, her going through you know what she's going through in the very beginning of high school you know being in high school and being you know bullied god that was that's again relatable for many many people man relatable for many many people and again to, to kind of what we were talking about earlier with will she knows she's different but you know to to go with she goes through and then to you know the journey of her getting her powers back. So, you know, she gets arrested. She gets, you know, freed by Dr. Owens, who then takes her to this super secret facility in the middle of Nevada, which is very area 51, which again, works on so many levels. <laughs> it's really fun. But again, the big, really one of the big reveals is that Dr. Brenner, Papa is alive, you know, and it, it was very interesting how that was revealed again in the very first episode, we see a flashback of him from like 1979. And it's, you know, the day that we kind of get a, a idea of what happened, why Al is the only one right now. I'm going to put a pin in that because I have ideas we'll talk about at the end, but we see what happened to the rest of the, the children. And again, in the beginning of the series in this show, in this season, sorry, we are led kind of led to believe that Al might have did it, you know, and it takes all the way to episode seven for us to realize that it wasn't Al, but it was Henry slash Vecna slash one. And we find out that Henry was the son of Victor Creel, who was in the season uh, accused of murdering his family. But obviously we know it wasn't him. It was his son who, again, God, it's so crazy looking back at it now that like when we first hear about the Victor Creel story, you know, you, I didn't really, I did not put that Henry was going to be that person. I, I kind of put together and maybe you did too, that the orderly who was one was going to be Vecna. Like I, I, I just felt that for me personally, I'm like, okay. But then how the Victor Creel stuff connected was, uh, that's what I was trying to figure out. And they connected it in such a crazy, I had no idea that was going to happen way when they revealed that he was Henry. So Henry does this terrible stuff to his family. He goes into like a coma, very similar to what happens to Al after she pushes him through the the dimension or whatever, puts him puts him into the upside down. And, you know, he wakes up, Brenner has him. And then from what I hear, 
Side note, the Duffer brothers have said now that they will dive into what happened to Henry before he kind of meets Eleven in season five. So I'm, I find that interesting. And we, we can touch on that, you know, as, as we talk about this. But again, Elle, Elle goes through this whole kind of Nina, it's called the Nina program. She gets her uh, going through memories and eventually she gets her powers back, which is really, again, the whole memory stuff was really strong. Kind of, again, her being bullied throughout her life. I mean, that's really like the, the message I got. <laughs> it was really bad for her. And, you know, Papa just wanted her to be this person that he could control, just like he wanted Henry, and that and that wasn't going to happen. So, again, eventually, you know, she gets her powers back. She wants to leave because she hears what's going on about Hawkins and Henry, who's alive, who is Vecna slash one. So, you know, there's the scene of them trying to get out of the facility. And, you know, Papa doesn't want her to go. He tries to delay that by, like, kind of, you know, putting her back into, like, a, not a coma, but, like, a, a, a sedation. And, again, that that whole sequence of her, when she's in the desert and she's playing with the helicopter. Let's start there because, wow, what a shot. And it's just that moment, like, Millie Bobby Brown. First of all, the whole girl can rock a short hair haircut. haircut Girl, girl, keep it up because I love it. I love that. But just that, just her, just like whole facial expressions of like twisting the helicopter and then just screaming and bringing the helicopter down. Man, was that, that, that you could tell that was a practical because of the distance that she was at and where the explosion was. That was all practical, guys. And I tell you, I understand why this took a little bit of time for this whole series to come out because they did some really... Special effects stuff was great. Practical stuff was great. But that moment of her just, again, controlling it, bringing it down, screaming, falling to her knees. It was such a good, good scene. And then obviously the 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 Cali crew finally, you know, gets to her. And she has that little moment with Papa. And I love how she doesn't give him the satisfaction, Katie. She doesn't give him the satisfaction of saying that she understands why he did what he did. And that he did it for her is because he loved her. And in his own way, he, I, I understand, like in his sick way, he believed that, you know, he believed what, that he, that he cared for these kids and was doing what he thought was best. But Al was like, no, dude, I'm not going to give satisfaction. Bye. See ya. And I love that. Cause I feel that that released her of so much pain and suffering and that she got to tell him, you don't control me anymore. You don't, and you never will. And the Duffer brothers have confirmed that Brenner is officially dead. So RIP Papa. He had a good run, Matthew Modine. But Katie, let's talk about Elle, her journey. And we'll obviously continue it. But what, what's your first initial thoughts? How'd you feel about that? All that she went through. And then that helicopter scene is one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. That was, I mean, a defining moment of the of the series because for all the reasons you said you know that was her showing her full power finally sticking it to the man <laughs> and and finally getting that closure of breaking free from this environment that has has shaped her 
and becoming her own person, fully embracing her power, fully embracing, you know, the, the, the past that she has gone through, but also stepping into her own self and being able to say, like you said, you don't control me. I am my own person. I am on my own and I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need all this bullshit. I, you know, that's, that, that's it. And, um, it was wonderful. It was, it was so great to get to that climactic moment for 11. Um, all of the, the use of the, I loved the use of the, of the sensory deprivation tank and the, um, yes. And the way that they used the, the flashbacks to really tell that story. I mean, that, that to me was was always very compelling um anytime that we were we were in those moments uh and hearing about some of the behind the scenes stuff about how Millie Bobby Brown was there on set helping direct the young actor who was playing young 11 um just incredible to to hear about how you know she was able to really be invested in that part of it um you know because she's she's a, a a young woman who has got a very bright future i mean out of everyone in this cast she has got she has already done huge other yeah. stuff you know and and she's got such a bright future both as a performer and as a i think as someone behind the scenes you know as a director too and yeah, just just watching the way that they that they told her story through the flashbacks and through the, you know, they were informing her of her story. And at the same time, we were learning all of that information, too. So that was really neat to kind of be on the same level with them, um, with Eleven and, and, and be able to, to follow her along with that. Um, but yeah, it, it, you nailed it. You, you hit the nail on the head, like the not giving Papa the satisfaction of, you know, having any sort of feeling or connection to him anymore. Just uh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I loved it. You know, I mean, he, he ruined her life. He ruined her life. He, he did make her, you know, everything happens for a reason. He did make her who she is now. But he ruined her life. And um, no, you don't you don't get any kind of any kind of uh, you don't get to absolve yourself of any sort of anything that you did to this to this young woman or to really any of those kids. Any of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, mean, he put all of them in danger by having having one there, knowing what one was really capable of. And that, I think, you know, is where we could see of course the system was flawed already but that's where we could see the the way that that everything has transpired and has has developed into such a huge huge global like life ending problem that needs to be solved and um again it's Henry slash Vecna slash one is right at the center of it. And, you know, did, did 11 create him? Did, did she, you know, is she the whole reason that everything has happened? I mean, he says he, right. He blames her. He blames her for sure. And I think that, um, or at least he's, he thinks he tells her that you're the yeah. one that created me, not not Papa, right? Yeah, right. I, I I I don't I don't buy that fully. Um, 
I think he did it. To, he he was always super powerful. I mean, he based on what he did to his family, like he was always super powerful. And I think, and that, he's as manipulative as Papa, as Papa exactly. I mean, he was constantly manipulating her, and 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 he knew exactly what to say to get on her side and to get her to trust him, and um, you know, try and serve his own ends of of breaking out and and getting free and being able to to kind of go and wreak havoc you know the way that he wanted to um he still can but now it's just in a totally different (laughs) totally different um totally different way (laughs) but yeah this story again it was the the core of the season and now of course has set us up We, we we know everything we know everything we know exactly where the mind flayer came from and it was Henry. We know exactly, you know, the, the, the world that has been created and the upside down Henry's behind all of that. You know, it's, it's always been him um, back there pulling the strings. And I think again, very star Wars, very emperor and Anakin. Like, <laughs> Oh, good call. And someone said too, real quick that this, you know, the, this whole season was kind of an Empire Strikes Back because, again, they won the battle, but they are losing the war right now. Yeah. So very, like, the end of Empire where, you know, obviously Han gets captured, Luke loses a hand, all yeah. seems really bad right now. Yeah. Is the feeling, you know? Yeah, they're they're definitely not, you know, taking a victory lap right now. It's, uh, they know that, again, stakes are high they're gonna be high and it like there was a rando earthquake in Hawkins like that something is not right um and I think that you know naturally will lead us into season five and into you know the the way I think again the town is going to come together I think there's going to be some loss I think there's going to be um you know, it, it, it's going to be a big fight. It might still be very isolated as far as, you know, the rest of the world is not going to know what's going on. Uh, Agreed. But the stuff that's going to happen in Hawkins next season, I think is going to make or be, it's going to be make or break for the rest of the world. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, big moments between, you know, Vecna, such Henry, such one and L, you know, their fight. First of all, their one fight in the facility very, very cool how, like, again, how that transpired. She finds a, a a different memory than what he was telling her to kind of, like, find. You know, it was her, you know, seeing her mom and being born and things like that. That really brings, like, her, her focus, her power back. That's the memory that kind of unlocks it all. It's how I kind of took it. So, like, that scene of her, you know, when they go... And I loved how they kind of went back from you touched on it, like showing a little young 11 to like 11 now, but like in the memory as the little girl, like it was, it was really cool how they played, played around with that. And then to see again, that shot of like the little, little baby 11, like do the superhero landing and this push, you know, push him through the veil, you know, and I'm glad you brought up the whole kind of the upside, the whole upside down thing now. It's very interesting. So we'll kind of talk about the, you know, we'll, let's get to the, the finale and kind of maybe our overall thoughts of what we're going to see in season five. But like, back to such Henry such one, you know, gets into this world that we we have been calling the upside down, and you know, he tells Eleven during that fight when they're kind of in Max's mind and whatnot that, 
yeah, it was me. Like you were saying, he, he explains that it was me. He's one that creates the mind flare, which is, you know, and you see that um, scene of him drawing very similar to Will. Again, connections that we'll talk about in a little bit. So he's one that has created that created the mind flare. Now, here my whole thing with the upside down is okay, he was in that world and maybe he was manipulating that the mind flare, the the particles and everything like that. But I don't think he was the one that kind of built Hawking's upside down. Cause again, for me, A1, why would he do that? Because that's a terrible memory for Henry such one to have. Why would he want to go back to Hawking's because of what happened? You know, I mean, maybe it's more of a power thing, maybe because of what he did in his old house that it made him feel powerful. But my thing is, and I've heard people talk about this and reactions and seen, you know, and seen people's tweets, maybe, but I honestly think that again, we know he was trapped in that world and he figured out that he was powerful in it and that he created the mind flare, but he needed a way to get back in. And then obviously we know because of season one, because L touched the Demi Gorgon in the veil area that she goes into that, that opened that the open back up the, the gate that she created, which he pushed, Henry said, fact, no such one in initially. So that's the same gate that reopens from in season one. So we know that between that event that she breaks out of the facility, that's the night Will gets uh, kidnapped in season one as well. Because we know that when Nancy and them go into the Upside Down initially, they go to her house and it's stuck in 1983. And it's the day she says, because she looked at her diary, it's the same day that Will went missing, and it's the same day that Elle broke out of the facility. So me, I'm wondering if Will is the one that kind of created the Hawkins-esque landscape for the moment when he was a kid, because that was what he was familiar with. How do you feel about that theory that people have been kind of saying? I kind of buy it a lot. What, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I I really like that too. I mean, Will spent enough time in there, you know. <laughs> he spent enough time in there that he could, you know, have perhaps learned how to manipulate the world and there definitely is that connection between the the way that Henry and Will both have that aptitude for drawing. Um and real quick, I want to let you continue, but again, when they saw Victor Creel, when Nancy and Robin went and visited him, who was played by Robert England, nice little casting. They, he says that, you know, his son was, was sensitive. And, you know, Joyce has always said, and she said in, I think in previous seasons that she felt the same way about Will, that he's different, that he's sensitive. So again, connecting the dots, I'm with you where there's something more with will right so it kind of makes sense this theory maybe what do you you know i buy it yeah i definitely buy it um you know and again <laughs> we keep like circling back around you know i i really think that will is gonna have a really big part to play next season you know that there's the Duffer brothers have said as much as well so yeah i, I and you know i don't read anything so <laughs> 
<laughs> but just just based on the way the story is unfolding and the connections that have been made, I really, really think that that yeah, there, there's going to be a big part for him to play. Um, he's the core. He's the key. I agree. There, there's something about Will from the beginning that again attracted the demigorgon, right? Because why why would it go after Will? Was it just because Will, I mean, again, we assume from season one that it was just because he was by himself in the dark and the demigorgon was there. Okay. But again, I don't buy I, I don't buy the idea that the upside down is basically the reverse of where we live. Because of and I say that because when you see Henry go through the veil, go through the upside down, is a completely different like setup, right? So I believe that like say there's a gate, say there is, you know, a gate in Russia. I don't know if that really gate in Russia, if there was one, would lead to like the very opposite of what they lived in. For some reason I feel like Hawkins is special and I believe it's because of Will. I think Will was the one that created that the landscape of that particular area of the upside down. Cause I feel like the rest of the upside down is what we see when Henry was like exploring it. I think that's the true upside down. And somehow, again, I feel like it was will. He created the landscape of Hawkins because of, again, he was familiar with it. Cause that's, you know, again, maybe that's how he, he is connected. Cause maybe he is a, a special kid like Henry was. Maybe he has abilities that he's not aware of because they haven't been, unlocked because he he hasn't really you know he wasn't thinking like henry in like an evil way and like you know started figuring out that he had special abilities like i think it's there i think like you're saying the writing since day one has put will in the there's something about him category don't you think so there i don't know what it is but i, I agree with you that something's gonna happen to will and i'm scared <laughs> i'm very yeah. scared very yeah scared. What about i you? Yeah, we're going to be crying a lot next season, I think. Um, I, I know I am. <laughs> but it, yeah, he's, you know, not only has, yes, he's always been different slash special slash sensitive, all of the things. His time in the Upside Down, his time being, you know, infected by the Mind Flayer, he's had all of this stuff happen to him. And I think that that, again, has uniquely given him some unique capabilities to be able to have something inside of himself that is going to be the key to overcoming unlocking whatever the case may be um it's going to be the key to defeating the ultimate 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 evil uh that's that's kind of where that's kind of where i'm landing with with what could potentially happen for him um but it makes sense, you know, it, it, it makes sense. And it um, may not be, again, the closure that we want, but it's, uh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I here's my thing, too. So, again, kind of talking final, you know, the, the final shots of this series, you know, kind of kind of get back to Eleven. You know, obviously Eleven is able to, you know, with the help of, with Mike, which is a great scene. We didn't really talk about it, but I mean, there's a great scene of Mike telling, telling Eleven that he loves her because earlier in the season, 
she made a point of telling him that you don't say, you know, love Mike in his letters. It's just from Mike, from Mike, from Mike. But she always says love L. So you get this beautiful moment, which again, I think he was going to say in an earlier scene, but got interrupted with the pizza. But he tells L that he loves her, that he's always loved her. And it's a very powerful scene. It's a great scene. And this is when she was fighting Vecna. She's able to break free from the, the vines and push him away. Again, a little too late because, again, Max, ugh, limbs are broken and she is basically in a comatose state. And, you know, she, you know, is able to, she's the one is able to kind of save Max, bring her back in a way. But I find it interesting, too, that at the end, so, you know, they get back to Hawkins two days later after everything happens. Two days later after everything happens, they're back in Hawkins. and. You know, there's a conversation at the hospital that, you know, Lucas tells them that, you know, her heart stopped, like you mentioned earlier. Clinically, she was dead, but she came back alive. And they, Mike and Will looked at Elle. So I wonder, did she say anything? Because I feel like if, is she, she is she keeping that to herself? I find that that's the only thing that kind of like viewing it more. I'm like, that's an interesting choice that they, they don't say that a, that they were, well, I mean, again, we don't maybe within conversations off screen, if you want to say, maybe they, they tell, you know, Dustin and everybody that, you know, yeah, we know what happened because of L, but the, in that moment, I feel like we're led to believe that they have not said anything that, L what L did or that L hasn't said anything what to what she did to Max. So I find that just interesting because I wonder if that will lead to anything in season five. I don't maybe it's just a, one of those like weird throwaway things, but did that real quick, did that come across your mind that or were you were just like, okay, whatever, it's just a story and that's just how how they're telling this part of the, the story right now. No, I mean that every every new power, every new ability that she discovers and that we discover, you know, as the audience. I mean, that was that's like the number one one, right? That's the number. Again, it's Emperor and Anakin. Like she she has figured out the secret. <laughs> she has figured out the secret. Yeah, right, right. and I but that she was able to do that and do it with not as do it with the effort you know it, it it wasn't any more effort than anything else that she had done right you know it seemed easy easy yes not to make it like oh you know whatever but right it, she, yeah it came to her right like it yes and i and i she was I, just the way that again the acting in that scene was so good but the way that she was just like no no this is not happening right now i'm going to fix this uh just awesome but and i think part of the reason that you know maybe she hasn't told anyone we really don't know what has happened like we don't know what the conversation was like from nevada from from surfer boy pizza in nevada all the way to indiana like we don't know what they have been they have been talking about in the car and i think that perhaps it's a bit of a self-preservation 
for her. She Ooh, doesn't okay. want she doesn't want anyone to know that she did this, that she can do this, because again, that's information that one could he she's already like his number one target but i think that that's information that will make him even more motivated to try and get at her and and consume her the way that papa says that that he doesn't just kill his victims he consumes them and i think her having this ability now being revealed or now being discovered whatever the case may be um that 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 makes her even more of a target um because she is more powerful than one and we know that now i mean we always knew it but now we really really <laughs> really 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 know it and i think that that is definitely putting a bigger target on her back and potentially putting a bigger target on her as far as the gov- the mysterious government entities are concerned because they're still a factor i mean i know yep. that they yep they are still a factor. They're probably pissed about their, their helicopter that they lost. Um, and so, you know, that that's still something that, that is going to have to be dealt with. And I think will probably come into play um, next season too. But that, that's the way that I'm taking it is that she perhaps hasn't told anyone the full story of that and, and her role in, in bringing Max back to life. Um because she doesn't want anyone to know that she can do that. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that that's that's the way I'm taking it. And again, it's going to come into play next season. I think you know that there maybe maybe we don't have a big loss. Maybe she comes in and saves the day. Maybe she tries and and fails. You know, maybe there there could be some other could be some other things that that go in with that. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm taking it. Yeah, and I think kind of what you're saying, too, it makes sense because I think the look that Mike and Will give each other is more of shock, not like, oh, she's not telling him. It was more like, wait, what? And then they both look at her because they know that she was in Max's mind. So, like, I I think you're right. I think that's more, that makes more sense to where it's probably something that she has not said and didn't bring up on their two day venture back to Indiana, like she kept it very hush hush, which makes sense. Cause I think like you're saying, if Henry such Fecna such one figures that, that out game over, you know, cause it's very to go back to star Wars. It's very the brother and sister, right? Like he destroys, she can heal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's kind of the yin and yang of it all, which is very be, much. Which yeah. is going to be very cool. I think that's going to come into effect too. And again, it, will she sacrifice herself? Who knows? How does Will, again, factor into all that? And then here's my thing too. And uh, this is kind of my final thoughts. I'll get your final thoughts. I hope, again, season five is going to be insane. I can't wait to to see it. You know, I know the Duffer brothers have said that they, in pre-COVID times, they probably would have shot season four and five back to back. So there is going to be a little bit of a time jump. However, I don't feel like it's going to be a huge time jump. I feel like it's going to be just our normal, like, so many months later. So we'll be, I think we'll be in maybe early 1987 or something, if that. I feel like we're not going to get too far, like, not years. I think, if anything, we'll be in early 1987. That's just my guess. But I hope, this is the thing that I really hope. 
is that that storyline in season two with her sister, who's who was in Chicago, I need that to kind of be brought back. I want her to show up and maybe help Eleven. I think that'd be very cool. I really do. Because again, it'd be like the two last living children of that program to go against Henry. Because again, I, not that Al can't do it herself, but again, hello, two people against Fecna? I mean, I take it. And with with Eight's abilities to like kind of manipulate and have people see what she wants them to see could be hella useful. But again, maybe that's something that they don't want Vecna to find out because then that's game over for them. So, but I do want that storyline to to come back because I feel like that's one that was kind of not weird, but like at the time it felt kind of like out of the left field, but it still served the purpose of season two. But now I'm like, okay, let's get that back and let's full circle it in season five. So Kate, I'll get your overall thoughts. And then again, if you want to talk about that idea of bringing eight back in some way, shape or form, how do you feel about it? I feel like that storyline was almost like a throwaway. You know what I mean? Like it was just very like, okay, we're just going to do this. And then it's, it's never going to, it's always been weird to me that it, we never reference back to it again. Um, and I Agreed, think, right. yeah, I think, you know, next seat, like it has to be next season if they're ever going to reference back to it. But I think that, uh, that it would make sense to, to have her come back. And I, I would also like to see it. I, um, I find that whole, that whole like, journey that all of those kids went through having seen it all now you know again we know the whole thing we know the whole story because we've we've seen um all of Eleven's flashbacks and her memories and knowing now that there was such an organized effort to control manipulate get power from these kids that makes it even even again that much more powerful um that she was able to break out of that and then of course l being able to to finally like stomp it down and break out of it uh was a was a big big moment and yeah i think that seeing them next season or seeing eight next season would be um would be cool it would be a good way of again of, of like you said a full circle moment and um it would make sense it would make sense because again the stakes are high they're going to be high and they're going to need all the help that they can get. And I think that they're going to call in all of the reinforcements maybe that they can. Um, and I, it would make sense that it would include eight as well. And, you know, that there's some way that, that 11 can, can convince her to join in the fight. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe she can. I like that. That'd be really, really cool. Again, and then let's kind of give your overall thoughts too, Katie, about, I mean, what do you see season five being, I mean, it is going to be a cry fest for sure. A hundred percent. But besides maybe eight, maybe bringing in that storyline, is there any other storylines that you're looking forward to kind of seeing how they conclude at all? I mean, like for example, the, the trio of Jonathan, Steve and Nancy. Interesting. Like, where does that lead? Are there any other storylines that you're looking forward to kind of how it how it wraps up, how it's going to either, you know, end sadly or maybe end on a, on a happy note? What do you got? Yeah, I think kind of like what I mentioned earlier, I think that 
you know, knowing that these are kids turning into teenagers, you know, these are teenagers turning into young adults and having been, having been a teenager myself, (laughs) um, we know that, you know, that we know that time of your life is challenging and emotional and there's a whole lot of other stuff going on on top of that. And I think that, that showing, you know, how these kids and teens are still kids and teens in this impossible high stakes situation um, is what makes this story as a whole just so compelling. And I'm interested to see how their emotions and their relationships and all of that play into the big battle that is we know is coming and how potentially mistakes are made because of that how potentially, um, you know, the, the, maybe there is some loss because of a mistake, because of an emotional moment, because of a, you know, no, I've got to save this person who I love a whole lot. Um, or, you know, there's, there's so much potential, I think, for the emotions and the, um, just the age of these kids to be able to factor into the big battle the 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 climactic moments um all of that i think is is going to be really interesting to see uh how it really plays out next season um but as far as i guess like the over (laughs) the overall what i would really like to see is something that i kind of alluded to earlier i want hawkins as a town to come together I love you know that. because it, th- there's been a bit of this story uh, kind of throughout you know when will is missing hawkins kind of comes together like maybe right. sort of not really right. to try and find him you know it, it they don't really come together you know even on the july 4th tragedy you know there there's a bit of they spin it in a way that yes, these, you know, these people were killed because they just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Not because they were all possessed for months, weeks, whatever. Um, But then, you know, the town has sort of come together in persecution of someone in this most recent season, you know, when everybody turned against Eddie and thought that he was the architect behind all of the satanic panic stuff. I really want to see the town, come together um in the final season i really want to see them embrace that we all need to come together this affects all of us um you know and 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 let's do it because it's it's always funny to me mike and nancy's parents are so (laughs) they are so out of touch you know (laughs) Speaking of, real real Mm -hmm. quick though, I'm like speaking of the parents, a little bit more this year, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I kind of dug that. Like, as far as I did too, collective, the collective coming together, right? Yes, and and that's kind of what I want. I want to see Dustin's mom out there, you know, with with her cat sweater on, like kicking ass, you know. see and i want to see lucas and erica's parents you know because it feels like their parents are it's it's such a it was such like a hands-off a hands-off generation just kind of culturally like there was a lot of you know the absent parents and the latchkey kids all of that that kind of stuff is really where where it kicked off in the 70s and 80s but i think that um it'd be really interesting to see the parents finally get it 
and join in somehow with yes. the kids and yes. then join in, you know, as the town as a whole um, to, to save themselves, save their town, save the world. You know, there, there's a whole, there would be a, a, a really powerful moment of, you know, everybody coming together to fight the evil you know, whatever, however that's going to manifest itself. Um, it, it's going to be, that, that's what I really want to see is, is some kind of coming together moment where the whole town, all of those supporting players, um, everybody kind of gets that big, like, it's like the Avengers Endgame moment for Hawkins, Indiana, you know, where everybody shows up and everybody's there ready to fight. Yeah, I would love it. I think that makes the most sense though, too, because like you're saying, the stakes are so high that it, the kids on their own with Hopper and Joyce and maybe let's just add Murray and let's just say, you know, Yuri and Dimitri and Argyle like that. They need more. Like, like you're saying, it has to be a complete, complete come together town. And even the military that you spoke of the military, like they got to come together and be like, listen, because there's two factions. The, I was watching uh, the guys that I'm previewed, uh, Adam and Jay, who are hilarious. But they called the two militaries like the friends of Owens and then the, you know, the enemies of Owens. <laughs> it's the two military kind of, you know, uh, the sectors right now. So those two have to come together and realize that Owens has been right this entire time. That it's not 11. It's something way more worse and that they have to work together with these kids to defeat this evil. Because again, that final shot of God, it was so good of that beautiful, like kind of open field with the flowers and the colors. And then you can, and then it gets into like all of it, you know, dying and just, it was so good. And then even again, Millie, again, Millie Bobby Brown, with no words, just expressions of her, like taking that kind of dead flower, standing up, seeing the cloud, the thunderstorm, knowing that what that means. I mean, that's the mind flare. Everything's starting to, to uprise just her look of determination and like saying, okay, let's go. I, we have no choice now, but the fight. So, you know, I, I'm really, I would, you know, pre COVID, I would have been really interested to see, how they would have shot this back to back. Cause that, again, the Duffer brothers have said, like I said earlier, that was kind of their idea was to shoot this back to back. But now that obviously with, with the pandemic, they had to kind of do what they did. And now they have to maybe not change, but maybe change a little bit of how they want to do this final season. Again, a little bit of a time jump. I'm not expecting a big time jump like years. I'm just expecting months because I think that probably, again, the initial idea was just to go straight from that scene to like the next season, right? And see what happens. But this is, you know, I think it's going to be fun to see what they do. Because they've talked about like knowing, okay, this is, in the recent interview I was listening to them, they said, you know, they know the final 30 minutes of season five. Like they know what that's going to look like. And now they're just trying to figure out from point A, how do we get to this point B? How do we get the storyline to fit this ending that we want to have for this entire series? So I find that very interesting too. 
Uh, real quick though, I want to go and give kind of shout outs because a lot of great people have worked on this show. Obviously the Duffer brothers, Matt and Ross are the, the, the creators of this whole thing. So they are part of the writing team. So it was them. It was Caitlin. Um, it was Paul. It was Kate and Curtis uh, were the, these writers for this entire season. Uh, Paul Ditcher, Kate, Trey, uh, Trey Fry, Curtis Gwynn. Uh, they were all part of the writing team again, along with the Duffer brothers and the directors, Duffer brothers. And then it was um, Shaw Levy and Nimroid Antal were uh, also the directors. So Duffer brothers did episodes one, two, seven, eight, and nine. Sean Levy, uh, Levy did three and four. Uh, Antal did five and six were the directors. And then the writers, again, the Duffer Brothers did one, two, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Caitlin did episode three. Paul directed episode, or wrote episode four. Kate wrote episode five. Curtis wrote episode six. So again, just a solid team. And a lot of those writers, directors have been with the series since the beginning. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because again, they upped the game in this season. So how they wrap this up as a whole. It's going to be really, really cool. And then, again, they have announced spinoffs, that they have ideas for spinoffs. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they what they do. Um, Katie, final thoughts? Anything you want to bring up uh, before we wrap up our season four talk? It's, all, it's almost been two hours for us, <laughs> which is long. <laughs> it is long. It's amazing. But there was so – I mean, there was so much good to talk about in this, in this season and in the show, truly, like – you know, I'm so glad that you finally got on the bandwagon of, of Stranger Things and so we could <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> you did. So we could talk about it. But um but yeah, you know, I it, it it's disappointing to me too that they're not filming this back to back, but I completely understand why and um, you know, the, the ways that they had to to change that. That was something that um that Joshua and I had talked about. Like, are they filming it back to back? Because, you know, you don't know. Um that was supposedly Again, the plan pre-COVID. Yeah, so. yeah, but well, I mean, I'm I'm sure you know. I I trust. Again, they've they've done such a great job telling the story so far that I trust that they are just going to continue to right to tell it, and um, it's all gonna it's all gonna be good. But yeah, no, I man, I've I've put my crackpot theory out there. I want everybody to come together in the town, and it's just going to be bedlam. <laughs> fighting um fighting fighting the evil and i'm i'm looking forward to it too though i i hope that we don't have to wait too long but again we'll see yeah i mean again obviously with what with the with the pandemic obviously we understand why this season in particular was a little bit late and then they obviously put it into two volumes volume one volume two so I wonder if they'll do that again. That was kind of interesting, a little different. Usually they just throw it all out at once. But yeah, I, I would hope and I would hope and expect maybe before two years. I hope. I mean, that would be my guess. Um, you know, I obviously they probably want to tell the story for sure and they want to get it done so you know they so we can enjoy it. But I rather again, if it takes time, it takes time, I'm okay with that because They've earned that. Like you said, they have been telling this story for so long that I can wait, especially, I mean, that finale was two and a half hours. That's a freaking movie. Like they have earned for me the, the right of, Hey dude, if it's two plus years, 
whatever. Tell your story. I need you to tell the story you want to tell. I'll wait because the quality of the season four was way better than any kind of like quantity, just throwing it out there type of stuff that they could have did. Like they took their time and I, I hats off to them for knowing and sticking to their guns that they wanted to tell this story, how they wanted to tell it and what they did and shout out again. I want to shout out the guy that plays Vecna slash one slash Henry, older Henry, uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer, Twilight. Hello. Totally forgot he was in there, but great choice. So menacing as one as the, as orderly, but then he was under, you know, I've watched and listened to some interviews of him. Obviously he was behind the whole get up, man. That was him. That was him behind the, the, the prosthetics and everything with Vecna, which is really cool. Like that, that's cool that he wanted to be, do that, right? Like he wanted to, to fully embrace that character, you know, and it took, I think I was reading, it took like six to seven hours for them to put them all together. Insane. But it was worth it. Cause again, I think he, he enjoyed it. Like he enjoyed being that character you could tell. And, you know, listening to some interviews that he did, like he really did just, you know, enjoy being a part of the show, but being a part of it in this particular way and being the big bad, like, and he, he, his, just his cadence, his voice, his look, it was so perfect. So perfect. So I had to shout out to, to Jamie Campbell Bauer for sure. What about you, Katie? Yeah, he's definitely, he, I'm glad you brought him up because he was scary. <laughs> he was scary. He was menacing. He was threatening all of the things that um, he was meant to be and nailed it, did a great job. Um, you know, and, and I hope that we continue, you know, it's a little bit up in the air about how the evil is going to manifest itself next year, but I hope that, I hope he's a part of that because he really did it justice and and made us scared of him. <laughs> I think I think he'll come back in like form. I really do. Like I, for some reason, how I how I interpreted Will telling Mike that you know he feels him that he's hurting, but you know he's still alive. To me, that tells me that his that physical form is still there. So I think we'll see him. But now he is going to be with the Mind Flayer now. That's just going to be mind blowing stuff. I just can't. I can't wait to see how they do all this stuff for sure. It's it's going to be a heck of a ride. And like you're saying, a lot of tears, <laughs> a lot of tears in season five. It's going to be insane. Going to be insane. Okay, kids. Uh, it's almost been two hours. This has been our recap of entire season four of stranger things. Again, worth it because the finale itself was two hours. I mean, we could talk about yeah. that a whole episode, but we, we wanted to talk about the whole, the whole series as a whole. So Thanks for joining yes. us. This was a lot of fun. I, I love the show. I can't wait for season five. We'll talk about that when it drops and everything like that. So don't you worry. And again, just to what we said way, way up top, our Miss Marvel recap, we will come out. We'll have a little bit of a bonus episode to give you guys our initial thoughts on episodes one and two. And then we will do a full series recap uh, and have that out for you. But until then, Katie, let the good people know where they can follow you. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you're still listening, 
for the last two hours. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Penguin Katie, and that's Katie with a Y. And hopefully soon I will be off hiatus on Twitch. We'll be getting back to our Monday nights, maybe mixing in some more. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and again, I always say we have a Twitch Geek Broadcast. We will be twitching, I promise. We just have to work it out, kids. I just, I got a new job recently, so like it's kind of all up in the air. So I'm trying to figure all that out in our schedules, but we will yes. promise Twitch. We will. Twitch. And I'm trying to get a new job, which is why I've been on Twitter lockdown for months. So <laughs> we're, we're trying. We're, we're trying, trying, kids. We're trying. Trying we're to live our best life out here <laughs> and podcasts because we enjoy it, and this is why we do it. Um, Again, you guys can follow the Galactic Podcast or God Galactic Podcast. Hi, Star Wars. Uh, you can follow the Geek Broadcast at Geek Broads Pod on Twitter and Twitch. And you can follow me on Twitter at Lorow Knows as well. Until next time, kids, stay geeky. Bye.